I recommitted and I surrendered. And I said, you know what, God, if this is what you want from me, if this is the level I'm meant to do this on, this is not up to me. Okay. Okay. I know it's beautiful to watch one by one these people in hospital rooms heal. So, okay. Two weeks after that, it went to number one. Three weeks after that, I was singing with Taylor Swift on her tour. It was a crazy journey. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. This show is meant to be a guide for you. We're going to talk not only about how we can start to become aware of what are the subconscious things that are holding us back and how we can instead choose thoughts that are actually going to propel us forward. But in addition to changing the landscape internally, we are going to talk about the strategies that actually will help you to build a profitable business, getting paid to be you. Because when you have a business where you do what you love, you never really have to have that sense of work because it's a pleasure, because it's joy. And really, I want you to have the most abundant life. I want you to have the kind of life that you love waking up to every day that you don't feel like you need a vacation from. So together on the show, every single episode, I want to be your friend. I want to be your mentor. I want to show you what is it that I think has really been insightful, been helpful? What are the tools and strategies? What are the mindset shifts that have helped me? And what are the things that have helped my guests to get to where they are? How can we together sort of cross this river to the most fulfilling life where we show up and we feel like we are living into our potential and having the most gorgeous, beautiful experience? Because after all, that is what we all desire. We're all craving to have the most joyful, beautiful life And I really believe that we can design that and that we can experience a life that we just absolutely love. And not only will we enjoy it, but it will be a possibility for other people. It will show other people what's there for them. And then maybe together, each one of us, by being the happiest versions of ourselves and being the most fulfilled versions of ourselves, we will help other people to reach for that higher branch and to find that in their own life. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to Manifest with Kathy Heller. I'm really excited to share today's episode because it's so beautiful. And I know that this is just going to feed your soul. Before we dive in, I want to let you know that we have, I think, three spots left for the retreat in June in Florida. If you want to spend three powerful days with me, you can grab your spot at kathyheller.com slash retreat. And um, when you do, you'll also get included the virtual retreat that we're doing on June 5th. If you just want to take part in the virtual retreat, you can go to kathyhower.com slash code. And uh, that's going to be pretty fantastic. We're going to be spending several hours together on Zoom on June 5th. And we're going to be diving into human design. We'll be diving into creating sanctuary for yourself flower magic, how you can utilize the energy of nature to really ground yourself and find that like quantum level. Um, and we'll be meditating together. So if you just want to join the virtual retreat, you can go to kathyheller.com slash code C O D E. And if you want to come to our in-person retreat in Florida at the end of June, you get the virtual retreat included and that you can find at kathyheller.com slash retreat. So for today's episode, I just want to share a piece of a conversation I had with my very dear friend, Rachel Platten. She's an Emmy-winning singer-songwriter and author who you probably know from her mega-hit fight song or Stand By You. She was on the podcast a couple years ago and we talked about her amazing story, which you need to hear. And today she's back to tell us about her new single called Girls, which is a gorgeous song that she wrote for her daughters, Violet and Sophie. We're going to play that song at the end, so make sure you stick around to hear it. And I hope that you share this song with any woman in your life 
who could use this spark of goodness. Talking with Rachel is such a joy. I tell her all the time that she's like Tinkerbell because she radiates so much light, but she's just such a vulnerable person and she's so willing to share the ups and downs that go on behind the scenes. And it just shows how courageous and strong she really is. It's an honor to have her as a friend and I know that you're gonna enjoy this. So without further ado, please welcome the phenomenal Rachel Platten. Hi, 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 I love you. (laughs) Hi, you guys are so cute. I'm glad you're here. You've been on the podcast before, but you're back. And I feel like you're really more and more every day. And I feel like me too. You're more and more like, this is really me, right? And so we get to meet you on a fuller, deeper Mm. level as you've allowed yourself to fully like step in. And it takes so much courage to do it. And I love that your music is just straight up medicine, And you've given all of us, whether you know it or not, I think you know it, you've given all of us a way back to our power, to our strength so Mm. many times, not just one time, but so many times through your vulnerability, through your grace, through your courage, through your wisdom. So I want to hear about the new record. I want to hear about girls. I think it might be cool if you sing girls, even if you sing it acapella, and then we could all maybe take a screenshot or maybe I'll go post about it because it really is the definition of what this program is about. So why don't you start by telling us what's in this new chapter for you and why is this record, this new record, these new singles that are coming, all this new music, why is it a reflection of this new place that you're standing in? First of all, I love that question. You just have such clarity, Kath, and you really see people and it's such a gift. And And I think that you really nailed it. I feel in a way that with this new chapter, I am really, truly introducing myself. Like Fight Song was just a piece of me and it was powerful and it was amazing. It was this little fighter inside that refused to give up on my dreams. And I'm so proud of her. But there was also so many more selves I had to meet and integrate in order to heal and really just allow myself to be fully me. I became a mother since Fight Song. I have two little girls, Violet and Sophie. And so that changed a lot in my writing and in my purpose and my why. And I struggled a lot. I think we talked about the last time I was on, maybe with depression, with postpartum depression, with both of my babies. And it was such a battle and such a journey. And we were friends through it. And he saw me through it and I'm out the other side now with having integrated the dark and the light, not spiritually bypassing anymore, like really able to just hold all of it. Like this mama Rach is just here holding all of my hurt, broken selves, my excited selves, my perfectionist selves, all of the Rachel, this mama Rach is here now. And so that's who I think I'm introducing to the world with this new music. And that's who I'm learning more and more to lean on and trust. And my relationship with God is, has just become this very beautiful, powerful thing in my life where I can surrender. I'm learning finally how to just stop trying to overhandle every single thing and do it all because I'm such a people pleaser, perfectionist and all the things. But the more that I can just realize like, wait a second, what if I just do my best and impeccable with my word and all the four agreements, but then also kind of just trust that someone's got my back. God's got me. And I can surrender a little bit and relax and trust and be like a little kid. You know, sometimes I imagine myself 
being held like a little kid when I'm really stressed out. I'm really trying to manage everything as a mom. I have two little babies. It's, oh my God, it's so much. And the music, I'm starting my career again. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm like, oh my God, it's, it can be so much, but then I just do this little meditation or just imagination visualization of myself as a baby, just yeah. being, held, being held by God. And I'm like, oh, I'm just a kid. And, you know, I don't need to know it all. And then, or I imagine Mama Rach coming in. Sometimes I imagine her coming onto the school bus and I'm like, who's been driving? Oh, <laughs> oh fear's been driving. Oh man, you really took us for a ride. Okay. And then I literally just imagine. I imagine saying to the little Rachel that's like up front, like, I will get this right. I'm just like, hey, babes, you're cool. You've done a good job, but come here, give me the wheel. I've got you. And I hold her. So it's just a lot of surrender holding. And yeah. So with this music, I feel like I'm introducing myself to the world, like all of me. It's incredible because I don't have to be anything other than me in every moment because that's crazy. Who else could I be? (laughs) It's amazing. And I had Jewel on the podcast a few months ago and I loved how she said it because she said when she became famous, it was like she was in the same car, just the scenery around her changed, but the car was the same. And so she had done so much work that she knew that all that stuff around her wouldn't do the healing work for her that she had to do in the same car that she was in, right? The scenery was different, but the car was the same. And what's so beautiful and powerful is that you're so willing to be a truth teller and to, I said before, when I told them that you were coming on, I said, Rachel is here because she's not, she's not only such a lamplighter, but she doesn't say, look at me. She says, come with me. And I think that that's what you do in such a vulnerable, courageous, heroic way. And yet I want to honor the fact that you are such a master manifester right? Like from such a young age with all the scars and with all the stuff in your resistance, which we all have our own share of, you were able to see further over the horizon than most people allow themselves to see. And you were able to allow for so much to come into your 3D world because you were living so beyond the realms of a finite existence. I mean, the things that have happened in your life, you've co-created them. You've co-created them. And having two beautiful girls and a gorgeous, sweet, kind husband is really pretty impressive in terms of what a soul will allow. And having those these moments to, to sing these songs and to have these songs be played millions of times. And I want you to tell everybody, because there was a moment for you before you saw the 3D manifestation of some of those things. And how do you feel in looking back, you were able to move through the season where it looked like one thing while you were really allowing and opening the door and then boom, it Mm. turned into another thing. Oof, what a question. I don't know that it's always so conscious. It's messy. I think that's maybe what we all need to know. Like it's messy and it doesn't look pretty and it doesn't look elegant and it doesn't look like perfectly journaled, like writing out And I'm, even though I do all that, but it's like, there's also so many tears and pillows that are punched and screaming and like rage and, and just, it's a mess. But I do have this inner belief, even when I was suffering through the darkest depression with postpartum and it was hell for anyone that's gone through it. 
I mean, it's just, but even in those moments, I did know that there was this, I could feel like I knew I was going to come out of it. I don't know how, maybe it was because it was hormonal and I knew it had to end. But as we know, when we're in that tunnel of depression, like you don't know it's going to end. It's just, you're just taking day to day and battling day to day. So, but there was this dream that it's like, God whispers to me, there's more, there's more than this. And this is a season. And I don't know how to localize it so much. It's like, so I just, I had that even in the scariest moments, I just kind of had this belief, like this isn't my forever. And I had incredible support. Like, my God, did I have amazing support? I did not do it alone. I have access to tools that I know how lucky I am to have access to. I have access to to people like Kathy, to, to people like Jewel, to people like I'm privileged in that way. And like, I think that's also really important to acknowledge. And I'm privileged to have the money from my music to go and get the healing tools that I need. So I know that that stuff is really lucky. So I'm not, I don't want to dismiss it, but then also there is this inner voice that even before I had that, when I was broke living in a cockroach infested apartment in New York city, just believing still that I had a dream that I knew it was going to come true somehow, some way. And I didn't have access to any of that stuff. I just had this little fire that was within. And when I got quiet too, I bet that you guys have it too. Like I bet the people listening to your podcast know in their heart that there is something more for them than this 3d thing that you're calling it. But yeah. Yeah. What is in beauty and the beast? What does she say? She's like, there's something more than this provincial life. Yeah. And I think that we all know that. Yeah. I want you to tell them because it's so beautiful. I love how you started by being so honest, right? And saying it can be messy. You're you're like throwing punches at pillows and you're crying. But by the way, like, that's just like being present with what is right. And like being willing to like go walk through the fire um, and not spiritually bypassing, as you said. But what, what you also just said is even when you didn't have any of the tools that you have now, you had this knowing, this belief, and that belief is the magical skeleton key. And I think the other thing that you have, Rachel, is the amount of overflow, the amount of generosity that you just love people and you love to love people into life, like in a way that like- I love it people. I do. I love you guys. Like I do. You're right. You do too. I love people. I just, when I'm in a crowd, when I'm in an audience, when I'm um, on stage- I have so much love for people and I don't know where it comes from or why. Like, I'm not always like that great as a human, you know, I'm not like the best person ever. I'm not, but I don't know. I do feel that. I do feel this just like sisterhood and like, I just want to take us all up in our arms and feel like, my gosh, I can really feel the shared hurting that we all feel. I think that's what it is. It's like, I can feel our shared that we all put these fronts on and have these masks on. But for some reason, I'm, it's not always a gift. It's painful to live like this. And I know Kathy, you feel it too, to be this sensitive to the world's suffering and to people, to be able to feel exactly what you're feeling in the moment. Like my God, it's painful to live in this body like this, That's right. but it is a gift that allows so much love because you can feel what people are really feeling it's like, oh my yeah. God, I want to do a hug. That's and right. I want to hug the whole world with my music. That's what I've always wanted to do is just feel myself and then the world. And it's a big, big, big goal. And yeah. I think the, the smaller that I've made it actually, like the past couple of years as I was going through depression, actually, I think with which is why I'm going to have the biggest success I've ever had now. Yes. Because I no longer was looking outwards. Like, what does the world need for me? 
how can I heal the world? Like, fuck that. How can I heal myself? Who am I to heal the world until I'm healed? I'm a mess. I have stuff, trauma from childhood I never looked at. Like, I got to do this. Here's the thing. So I'm holding this book in my hand because I love this book, Into the Magic Shop. Have you read this, Rachel Platten? Oh my God. No, my God. But I actually used to listen to a bedtime story on Calm, the Calm app, about that author and the story of him it's writing. So it. great. Yeah. So I, I don't know. This was on my desk because I was showing it to someone the other day. I had him on the show and he's lovely. And uh, he's a Stanford neurosurgeon and has an organization. And he grew up poor and his parents had been evicted and his father was in prison. And he became this most successful, amazing man, saving lives of pediatric, you know, in the OR with neurosurgery. And he says manifestation, right? At the heart of the heart of the heart of the heart of it. When you have something that you want to contribute, it is as good as done, right? When it's not just on behalf of ego. I want more stuff. I want a bigger pile, but it's on behalf of like, I want to scoop up this world. And if I have a gift, I want it to be given, right? It's like as good as done. And I want you to tell them, Miss Rachel, about how you had this, you had this thought when everybody was telling you, sorry, no, the song's not going to work. You decided to take your guitar and go to hospitals and sing fight song and you were unattached. You were there yeah. to serve. Yeah. And tell, just tell them that story because it is yeah. really, truly something that we all have control over is going out today and making Perfect. a difference and tell what happened. What happened? Okay. Tell the story. So it's funny because I'm actually, I'm not back there, but I'm like, the industry doesn't always welcome me. Music industry is not always like, oh, yay, Rachel Platten songs. Like, let's love about love and healing. Like, let's bring her in and send her up to the top. Like, I get a lot of resistance from this industry. And whatever, it's fine. It is what it is. But, like, I find my people. And my people spread the word to their people. And we create a movement. Because I'm not necessarily like the rest of the industry. So, that happened it's happening again. It's going to happen. It's just the way it is with me. It happened back in the day with Fight Song. I had Fight Song out in, it took me two years to write. It was, you know, it was a beast of a song to write. I think I've told the story on here before and I finally put it out and um, no one heard it. No one cared. And it was out in April of 2013, 2014, sorry. It wasn't until December of that same year that I just kept knocking on doors, knocking on doors, just because I knew, like, I was seeing the benefit. I was playing these house concerts in living rooms, and I was hearing from people. Like, I played for a woman named Christine. You can watch the video on YouTube. It's called Fight Song for Christine. And it was the first time I ever did something like this. It was so beautiful. She was dying. She had brain cancer. She's a mom of three. And she said this this is before fight song was anything like this song i found on facebook or something is my song and she told everyone in her life i have you know months left but i want you to know this is how i'm feeling i'm feeling strong and so i that was she was in dc and my drummer and i decided well we don't have much money but let's fly there fly a camera crew there let's invite all of her family there and they'll learn fight song and they'll sing it to her and i'll play piano and we'll all sing to her you guys can watch it it's so beautiful. And she is just overwhelmed. So I went there and I sang it for her and I saw firsthand, we all sang it to her and 50 people, the closest friends and family, I saw in her eyes, I could see the healing and I knew, well, you know what? The industry might not get this, but it doesn't really matter 
because I know what's happening one by one. And that's enough. And it's my ego that's telling me I need more. So screw my ego. It's not done anything that great for me. So I'm going to commit to healing people with this. So I started, I was, I'd been playing in hospitals for years. It's just something that I love to do. So I kept doing it and I ramped up my hospital visit users. I went like twice a week to this beautiful hospital called Memorial Phone Kettering in New York on the Upper East Side. And I'd go and sing bedside to patients, cancer patients, one by one and sing in children's wards. And I'd play them fight song. And I was like, okay, God, if this is the level of what we're doing, it's not up to me. And let me tell you, I also raged and cried. Like there was also ego Rachel that was like, I want to be like, "Ah." and so I cried and I yelled at God and I was mad. And I said, I did everything you said for 13 years. I have done everything and, and you're not making this happen. And what the heck? And I got mad. And then I woke up the next morning and I said, okay, I just threw a temper tantrum to God. Like he's, he's like, whoa. And I recommitted, I calmed down, I breathed, I did my practice, this practice that we know how to do. And I surrendered. And I said, you know what, God, if this is what you want from me, if this is the level I'm meant to do this on, this is not up to me. Okay. Okay. I know it's beautiful to watch one by one, these people in hospital rooms heal. So, okay. And two weeks after that, it went to number one. A month after that, I was on stage at the Radio Disney Music Awards on TV. Three weeks after that, I was singing with Taylor Swift on her tour. It was a crazy journey. And all because I finally had that through first the temper tantrum, which I think was the allowing of like the feelings to actually come out. Because I think if you go right to like, I surrender, I think that's fake. And I think your body and your cells know that there's actual anger in there at like rage that like you need to get out. So I think if you're, something's not happening for you guys right now, go and punch those pillows, like acknowledge that like you're mad, you want it and then let it all out and then reach the surrendering place. I think you have to surrender only after you really throw a tantrum, (laughs) like a little kid that like collapses in your arms after like crying for so long. And then they finally do that sigh. Like, and that's the sigh that I think allows God to come in. Really. It's the breath, you know, the, the, that allows the magic to come in. It's so beautiful. I was crying. I mean, it's those words that you just shared and how you share them in the story and the courage and the grace, the grace, the grace. It's so moving. And, you know, thank God it works the way that it, it works because let's say that when we're in lack and when we feel not whole, that we do get what we want. Then what we would learn is that in order for us to feel whole, we have to get the outside validation. We have to get the record deal, right? Mm-hmm. What, what we realize is that when we decide to feel whole now, when we realize that all of that stuff is not going to make us worthy, right? Or is not going to change what we really want, which is a higher state of being, a higher vibration. And when we just come home to it, all of a sudden, we don't need that anymore, Yeah, it's it's now just and really you become famous and you know what it's like to be famous and what comes along with it. And you just said, yeah. And so then it becomes like, oh, be careful what you wish for. However, you've been assigned. That's why you're famous, because you're really you're on a really big job. There's a lot of sacrificing that happens because you're now you're one of the people in this big army of visible humans who is there for the people and, 
And that's what it is, right? But if imagine if you were still tied in to needing everyone to approve when you go out. Well, happy. I did like, so the thing is you guys, oh my God. Yes. You're joining the army and yeah. Famous. Let me just tell you something. It is so confusing. It's such a mind F like you're like, you get there by being yourself completely. And then you get there and then everyone tells you that in order to stay, you need to change. And you're like, Oh, but I thought that I, are you sure you need to change? And they're like, Oh no, you definitely need to change. Like you need to change how you dress. You need to change how you hold yourself. You need to have assistance doing everything for you. And you're like, I can't wipe my butt. And they're like, no, not if you're famous. <laughs> and you're just, it's not grounding. So I went really high and then I lost it all. I mean, I didn't lose it all. You're still here. But like in my mind, it felt like I did. Guys, let me tell you something. I just read a little meme thing online and it made me think of our conversation right now. And I just wanted to share it which was, and I don't know if I agree with it. And I'm curious about what you guys think. I'll summarize it because it was in this like language that was poetic. It was basically like when we're doing so much asking God to use us and being like, use me, God, use me, work through me, work through me, but we're not doing enough thanking God. We're losing actually the light. We're losing actually our truth. So I have to check myself on that a lot. And I wonder if it's something that maybe other people feel too. Like it can be a lot of like, you can fool yourself. Your ego can really get in there and be dangerous and like, yeah, use me for this big purpose. I am so important. And like, God, you know, use me. And that's a little dangerous to our ego. It's like, Ooh, I found a door. So you're more important than other people. Ooh. So what I do to correct that and help myself is really just the, just pure gratitude of what is already. And that is a good place to manifest from just being like, dang, thank you for the breath this morning. Thank you for my bed. Thank you that my baby is not crying right now. So I think that it's just an important distinction in all this manifesting is like, be careful of, of the ego sneaking in the form of I'm so important and using God for your purpose rather than like, you know what, maybe I am just a mother and that's my role in this world. And that's beautiful. Yes, it is just a mother. Like that is the most important thing in the world. Maybe I am a mother. Maybe I am a preschool teacher. Maybe I am, you know, a therapist and I'm doing one-on-one by one by one. And that is the butterfly effect from just changing one life. You guys, we don't know the reverberation. So I think it's important to know that we don't have to all have this gigantic purpose. And it's, it's actually difficult to be on a huge stage and have a huge platform dangerous and it's scary. And I it wish that I could just live a much smaller life because it'd be simpler and easier for my babies. And yeah, yeah. anyway, all of it, Rachel, all of it. I'm just underlining it all with a, with a yellow yeah. highlighter, all of it. I went to this thing at UTA a couple of weeks ago and it was like the first ever like mind summit and Demi Lovato spoke about depression at the end of it. And it was just this beautiful conversation with people in Hollywood and talking about like, how do we find our way to wholeness and how do we share using our tools, the gift of storytelling? How do we bring people home? And the guy who started the the day said something so profound. He's like, I've never seen a person with two qualities that isn't happy and living a successful life. And the two qualities are gratitude and authenticity. Because if you think about it, what we all really want is this feeling of expansion. And often, why do we think we want the money or the fame is because we want to feel expanded. But when you are living authentically and you're not people pleasing and you're not trying to belong because you belong to yourself and you're grateful, you walk in rooms and you don't have to protect your energy. You project this energy 
that you are boom. Like you are just a love. You're just a vibration of love. And, and it's so true. And that's such an incredible place to manifest from. And and your story as messy as you say it is the messy part, Rachel is the part we all are up against, which is we feel a lot and you let yourself feel that. But what's really not messy about you is your continuous reception. There is Wi-Fi signal. You ET phone home, like you're very, very connected and that has never left. And whether you're wrestling with it or whether you are fueled by it, the it is. And that at the end of the day, that's where you're home. You're right. That connection is on. Whether I'm mad or feeling rejected or feeling small or feeling sad or feeling ignored, I'm at least talking. You know, I'm at least keeping the the channel open. Kath, do you think that we should share the thing that I shared with you about the Google board? That is an amazing thing. Yes, share that. Or another time. No, no, no. I think you should for sure share it because it's so good. Okay. As I've been coming out into this new start of my career again, it's been very scary. Very scary to leave, to climb out of depression, as we all know. Claim back your life. And it's messy and it's imperfect and it's step-by-step and it's not linear, the healing journey, but I knew that there was more. I've been writing what I think guys is the best music of my life. I really know it. I know it. And a lot of that is because my channel has been so open. And a lot of that is because I stopped asking what does the world need for me? And what do I need from my music? How can I heal with my own writing? And so I started just focusing completely on like my music was just a gift and a luxury for me as anyone with small kids knows. It's just a luxury. And it was a necessity. In those moments when I was painfully wrestling with my demons, I could express it through a song. I could feel it and heal myself through music. And I'd let go of the outcome because I was so deep in depression that I was like, I don't even see a world where I'm getting back out there, even though I knew in a tiny little spot in my heart that I was. So it was just me and my music, me and God. And these songs are so healing, you guys. And they're so powerful. And I'm so excited to share them again after six years of not releasing music, really. And the first one that I have out called Girls, I wrote it for my daughters, Violet and Sophie. But I also wrote it for my inner Rachie, the one that I was talking about that I got to know as like the mom Rachel came in. And I wrote it for all of you, for all of us women, for all of our daughters and our sisters and as I've been starting to release it back into the world again and like try again, there has been a lot of obstacles and blocks. A lot of people are like, you're 42. And someone asked my age, you're 42. You're a mom of two. We don't need that shit anymore in the industry. We have all the TikTok stars and all the things. We're good. And I faced a lot. I mean, I'm facing it now. And if you guys follow me on socials, you'll see, I'm very honest about it. Like I am talking honestly about this, about how I'm coming good. back. Good. So, and I'm going to keep sharing one of the really incredible methods that I've gotten to do is I came up with this. I don't know how this thing called the giggle board. And I told Kathy about it in a moment when she called me, I hope it's okay to share. She was yeah, struggling yeah. with something. And I was like, yeah. Kathy, did you remember to give it to God? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh girl, I forgot. <laughs> I got you. So this is what you guys do. Please write me and let me know if this works for you. Cause I have been finding that people I share with have had incredible success. <laughs> There's three columns on the left column is I want you to write out every problem, grievance, pain, thing that you're just upset about. Every frustration. My mom's mad at me. My sister's being a bitch. Can't lose that weight. Whatever it is. I want to do this. It's not working. Write it out. And then I want you to write the next column, your job. 
And I need you to take your breath and like do your work to get into presence so that you're really writing from that channel place. Like, what is your job really in terms of this problem? For me, it was like, girls, how do I get this out there again? My job, you guys, all that I heard when I wrote my job was, even though I had this massive thing ahead of me, (laughs) I heard, make a few calls, trust and receive. That was literally all that God told me my job was, make a few calls, trust and receive. God's job, the next column, the third column, it's so long. His list is hilarious. God's job is like, get my song here, make it stream a million times, get everyone to love it, do this, do this. And then I looked at the columns and I just cracked up. And that's why I called the giggle war because I just cracked up. I was like, oh, bro, God, you have so much work to do. You have a lot ahead of you. I'm going to go chill and have a coffee. Good luck. (laughs) And I just crack up because every problem, it's up to God, you guys. And I never was this comfortable talking about God or even calling God before, but I don't know. I'm Jewish and I just feel now like it's up to me to like, (laughs) he's not ashamed of me. I don't want to be ashamed of him. It's Um, so good, Rachel. That was such a beautiful exercise and you totally helped me in that moment. And I just wanted to share this week, you guys, like I'm always doing my own growth, just like you guys are here with me. It's like, don't you worry. I'm always doing mine, right? Makes me a better coach, makes me a better mom, wife, whatever. And so I did this four-day intensive this week with this woman who flew in from onsite. Oh my God. She like took me, took me down to the studs. And she told me, she goes, get a scarf. There's all these scarves. She's like, pick a scarf for God. And it was like this white scarf. She's like, make it really big. And there was all these index cards. And I had written all these things on these index cards because she had me do this like generational map, like my mom, my dad, my sister, my this, and all the stuff, my grandparents and everything, like every human being and all the pain and all the good and all the hard and the gold and the, the wounded and everything. And she's like, all right, put it there. And she's like, and now tell, now say to God, Hey God, I'm sorry for trying to be you. I'm sorry for trying to hold all this. I'm going to give it back to you. You can yeah. hold this. You can hold this, right? It's just yeah. amazing the way that we don't realize. Anyway, so it's you're, so beautiful. You're in God, you're, it's not your business. You guys, your business. it's not your business. Get out, get in your own business. Get out of everybody else's business. So beautiful, Rachel. Thank you're you. so beautiful. Your your whole vibration is just such a gift. Thank you so much. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. This was so much fun. Thank you for being you. I love you. Have a great day. Let's do this again. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Rachel is awesome. Remember, we're going to play her song Girls at the end of this episode. So definitely hang around and listen so that you can hear it. And now I want to play you a part of a Q&A that I did. We answered some great questions like, how can I trust that the money will come when I don't have money right now in my reality? And how do I deal with someone who's so stuck in this three-dimensional world and their vibration is really bringing me down? I love both of these questions because they're examples of the kind of resistance that comes up for all of us. So I think that this next piece is a great reminder for you. Take a listen. I want to ask you, Colleen, one of the questions that you pulled that we see a lot is how do I trust more, more money is coming when right now my reality is I don't have the amount of money I want. Yeah. It's such a good one because when we talk about desires, there can be some things that we just kind of think would be cool to experience or have, but money on such a fundamental level can feel almost like a survival level thing, right? We have to pay the rent. We have to have money for food. Like Sometimes we'll feel guilt or shame if we're not contributing like in a way or in a level that we want to. And so we can tend to get in a really heavy place when particularly when we're aware that our financial state is discrepant from what we might prefer it to be. And 
the thing that we have to understand, I mean, there's a few things. One, again, this whole concept that anything that we are experiencing is a reflection of what we are willing to allow into our life. So we can be willing to allow in amazing things and we can be willing to not allow in other things that we think would be amazing to have. So whenever there's something you want that you don't have, that's your first ding, ding, ding that like, ooh, I've got some resistance going on here. There's something here in my energetic, in which is your beliefs and your thoughts and your feelings. There's something here that does not make it feel safe or okay, as much as I may say until I'm blue in the face that I want this outcome. So there's this one piece of starting to bring some awareness to it, because the truth of the matter is, there is an infinite stream of everything. Okay, I think we all ascribe probably one of the biggest money beliefs that is ingrained in all of us from a very young age is that there are finite resources, that there is a limited amount, and we are all competing for the same pie, and there's not enough to go around. And that is the biggest lie imaginable because I want you to replace that with, I'm a big Italy fan, like the rolling hills of Tuscany that go on for as far as you can see. There are fields and fields and fields of pie. There is so much pie there that you could not even begin to eat as much pie as you would want to eat. And everyone in the world has access to that same infinite amount. The problem is we don't actually believe that's true because we've been so conditioned to believe otherwise. And so we keep showing up again. It's this lens, right? The only reality that exists is the one that we perceive. And when we're looking through a lens of there's not enough here, people will think I'm this. If I have more rich people are this, all of those kinds of beliefs are going to keep us right. Perpetuating a reality. So on the one level, we have to look at beliefs. There's another level when it comes to money that we really have to look at how am I going to get off the topic is kind of what I want to say, because when there is something that's really triggering for us, we keep wanting to problem solve it. We want to stay in the energetic of our awareness of not having it. We're like, but how am I going to fix it? How am I going to fix it? You cannot get to the solution by focusing on the problem. They do not exist in the same realm at all. And it is so scary to let go of that because your logical, rational brain wants to say, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. I need to be aware. If I'm not aware of the situation, well, by being aware of it, you are out of alignment with the reality where there is more abundance. And so in 99% of the time, I will tell most people, you want to earn more money, just stop thinking about money altogether. You have to go like whatever is going to like Kathy talks about joy, happiness, ease, what kinds of things can you do in the here and now to actually stop thinking about it and come back into your center, into your feeling state, because you can't solve a problem from the awareness of the problem. You have to get off that. And then you can show up and take action when you're in a space that there's just more oxygen for you to have access to the creativity, to the inspiration, to the ideas, the opportunities that you can then act on to line up with that abundance. It's all so good. And the last thing you were talking about is kind of the thing I would, would have started with, which is that every time you say, this is what I want, or this is what I desire, you've literally just moved it further away from you. Because by saying you want it, you're focusing on the lack of it. By saying you desire it, you're telling yourself, see, I'm disappointed. I don't have it. And you cannot be disappointed and get what you want because you're out of sync with it. So it's this really interesting thing. I also want to remind you, 
you have such bigger dreams. Like you did not come here for a pile of cash. (laughs) You have way bigger dreams than that. Like you came to feel life. So is money what you want? Money is a byproduct of feeling alive. Every dollar ever made came from a creative way of seeing something and therefore you said it different. You problem solved it. You made a thing. You did a thing. You wrote a thing. You, it's all in that. That's all where it's from, right? We either are that creative or we work for someone who's that creative. And by the way, every business is creative. That's what I mean. Every business is creating and innovating and engineering a new way to say it, a new way to tell the story, a new product, a new design. All of that comes when we are showing up for what we really came for. You bump right into it. In fact, you'll probably bump into 15,000 ways that you'll turn that into cash. People pay for energy. People exchange around energy. So it's the story you tell. It's not the shirt you're wearing. It's who's in that shirt. It's how they're showing up. It's the branding. It's the way that person talked to you. Yeah, you could have anyone walk your dog. Why do you choose that person? I don't know. It's something about them. So focusing on it and saying, this is what I want. This is what I want. What you're really saying is, I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. And you're like stamping your feet, stamping your feet, stamping your feet. And there's no there there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. It's not interesting. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. You are a creative genius. We went through school and that's a problem because school told you what to think, not how to think. And it rewarded you for getting the answer right on their terms. So you didn't walk into a room and have the experience that your job was to see what no one else saw, was to ask a better question, was to say something new and different, was to bring more energy in the space because just your energy alone helps the other person have the idea. And sometimes that's all you needed to do to actually create the idea is bring that level of energy into the room. So here we are focusing on like, well, the world told me that by now I need to have a hundred grand or 500 grand and this house and this thing, I want that. And I don't have that. And the world told me how I'm supposed to get that is to do it this way. And somehow that just keeps not feeling good. It just doesn't feel good. So it's like, why are you going down that way? Every single time, every single time, get out of there. If you look at the most beautiful things that ever made the most money, Like, where was Lin-Manuel when he came up with the idea for Hamilton? Where was Steve Jobs when he came up for the idea for Apple? Where was Peter Thiel and when Elon Musk, when they came up with the idea for PayPal? Not sitting going, I want money. Where's the money? How come I don't have money? This is so frustrating. I need to solve the problem of wanting money. No, 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 no. People who make money are looking out at the world. They're looking at things and they're curious about things. Remember Working Girl? I used to love that movie. I was probably way too young to be watching it. My parents weren't around, basically. I was watching things I probably shouldn't be watching because I think it was R-rated. I don't know. But the music is so good. and Melanie Griffith is so good at it. And she gets the job and she's so cool. And it's like 1980, blah. And it's just like the time for women to start being a boss. It's such a good movie. But how does she get that job? Because she's reading something in the newspaper and she connects it to something she heard in a meeting and she walks in and she goes, hang on. 
hang the heck on. This is this. And this guy said this, and I'm reading this in this paper. And they're like, give her the big office. That's correct. Who are you? She's like, I am not supposed to even be here. She solves a problem because she's looking at the world because she's creative, because she's assessing, because she's coming up with new ways to see things. When you're busy and lack, you've got no creativity going on. You're not a gift to yourself. You're not a gift to the world. Colleen and I just spent two days talking about marketing. And I thought I was going to die like most of those days because creativity is marketing. Do you think that the people behind Apple and Coca-Cola are going to sit around and talk about funnels and how people can click on things and what kind of email sequences people get? No, they're probably going to take their creative marketing team and say, let's go to Bali. Let's go hike in Peru for a week. We'll come back with an idea, right? Give me an idea that comes from here. That's Apple. That's why everybody looks and they go, Apple is white space. You mean you spent all that money to create white space? It's pretty dope, isn't it? Because you fill the space. That's where all your money is. It's in the genius that you are. It's in your energy. It's in your delivery. It's in knowing. You know, when I came to LA, I wanted to get a record deal and I got two. I was signed to Interscope and then I was signed to Atlantic. And then I co-created on some level that I didn't have them anymore, which is all really interesting too. But I remember moving to LA and all these other songwriters and artists and actors would be like, oh my God, it's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. I'm here and I want to be here, but look at me, look at the gap. I'm here and I want to be here. And you know what I used to think? I used to say, are they crazy? Every one of these people is like a building away. And they would say, what? What are you talking about? Like, we're all like within the same mile of you. Like every one you want to work with and you want to make things with, it's like one building down. I couldn't, I couldn't get why they thought it was so hard. I was like, it's right. It's literally right here. You're like walking by it every day. And next thing I knew, I just wound up in those rooms And I didn't know it was that building, but I had walked, it turned out when I sat down with Ron Fair at Interscope, I had walked down that street many times, but like, I knew it was here. And then I was, because I was so naive about that, or maybe I wasn't, I was just busy writing songs and making them better and making them better. And then I just had this like crazy thought that I would just start like reaching out to people cold and sending things and being out of the box and like going at it a totally different way because I was just so excited to play with it. And then it was, and then it was, and then it was like when I had the idea to have a podcast, I remember jumping up and down. I said to my husband, I'm going to create a podcast. It must've been somewhere in my unconscious and it got warmer and warmer and warmer and it trended and trended until finally that vibration, which was just in my unconscious turned into a thought, boom, I'm starting a podcast. And I said to him, oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm doing a podcast because for me, as soon as I had the thought, it was already what it is. It was done. As soon as the thought came down, it was like, it's done. This is it. It's so brilliant. I'll interview everybody I love. I'll sit with all these people. It's done because thoughts turn to things. It's as simple as that. Why am I going to be thinking about the gap between me and it? It's just a thought away. I can't 
understand it the other way. I don't understand because it's so net positive. The universe is not net neutral. It's net positive. Everything's constantly working in this way, in this pattern. You know, I cut my finger. I tell you this all the time, but I cut my finger right here, opening the cat food yesterday and it was bleeding. And I was like, whatever, it's going to be fine because my body instantly goes into repair. My body is amazing. Nature and energy and God and everything he said, it's all amazing. It's all working for you. So it's just about opening the portal. It's opening the door, right? It's like everyone tells that story. So recently I read that there's a study that showed that they did the study in Germany and they did it in Australia and they replicated the exact same finding, except there was a few seconds difference. And what's the study? They put fMRIs on people and they saw how long it takes for you to have a thought. What do I mean? Remember when I said before that I had the thought, I'm going to start a podcast. Well, what does that mean? That means that there was something in my unconscious awareness about podcasting and it brew and it simmered and it boiled in my unconscious awareness until it became conscious. And I had the thought, you know what I'm saying? This happens to you all the time. You'll be thinking before you even know you're thinking you're hungry, you're, you're thinking you're hungry. And eventually you're thinking it and thinking it. And the next thing you know, you go, I'm going downstairs to get a snack. But there's a moment before you think I'm going to get the snack. Or there's a moment before you think I'm going to throw that party for that person. There's a moment before. So where was that thought, right? So they did a study to try to find out where that thought was. And in Germany, the study showed that seven seconds before you have the thought, you actually had it. But it takes seven seconds until you have the awareness that you have it. But before that unconscious awareness, it was brewing for days. It's like little pieces get collected, right? Because there was a, a moment in 1994, I didn't know what podcasts were or that they'd ever be a thing. Then there was a moment in 2007 where people had podcasts, but that wasn't in my conscious awareness that I would ever be interested in that. I wasn't trending there. You see what I'm saying? It wasn't. Trend. And then over time, something collected and I started to focus and your focus is what creates conscious awareness. And I must have focused and I must have focused more than I knew I had focused. And there was a certain point where I went, boom, I'm starting a podcast. So you're looking for that moment. You're looking for that moment every single day. When you're trending in lack and look what I don't have, you have no conscious awareness of that thought. It's not even known to you. But all of those people who started every single thing from Vera Wang and Betsy Johnson to the guy that created, you know, any comic strip, like everything we've ever enjoyed, every business, every shop on main street, it came from a thought and it turned into a thing. And most of the time we are wasting the bandwidth because we're focusing on the lack. And do you know how many thoughts you could have had? Oh my God, it's magic. You're literally sitting on billions of dollars of thoughts billions and billions and billions and billions and billions because you're not feeding yourself in order to be in creativity and have a conscious thought. You have to have some level of equilibrium in your nervous system. You can't be in lack. You can't be in fight or flight. So those three years that I spent in Israel and Jerusalem, like meditating those three years, I spent actually meditating at the mindfulness center. What was I doing? Moving the static changing my focus, learning how to focus. And then I sit there and I'm like, that's what you got for me. That's what you got. You got, where's the money? No, the money's right here. The seeds you plant 
or with the thought. I told Colleen yesterday, I was all excited because I just looked at how much money I had. I don't look ever until I get the printout of my taxes. In fact, when I say I didn't know, Colleen, it's Lowell laughs at me because I don't know to such an extent that I'm like, oh my God, we did better than we did the year before, but we made less revenue, but we made more money. I was like, that's cool. And I'm like, God, I'm not looking like I'm so out that it was like a surprise. (laughs) I'm not looking at it because there's nothing there for me. I can't make money looking at my money. I can't make money budgeting. I can't, that's not for me. It doesn't work. In fact, Barbara Corcoran said the same thing. She goes, it's not about don't spend it. Don't spend it. Don't spend it. Spend it, spend it, spend it, spend it, spend it. She said every single dollar before it even comes in, I already know how I'm spending it. So why would I even look? I've already spent it. And Esther Hicks said this, I saw her last week and she said, if you want to make more money, one of the funnest things you can do, one of the most helpful things you can do is think about how you'll spend the money. And I was like, I tapped my husband on the shoulder. That's what I do. I just, if I'm going to think about money, all I do is think about how I'm going to spend it. And then I get excited. And then I spend it on that. And then I spend more and then I don't care. And I know it's like, that's so irresponsible. No, because my responsibility is in my response, right? Being responsible is I sit here all day long looking for a higher, better, elevated vibration. And the people who spend a lot of time with me know, like, I just don't tolerate that in myself or other people. It's just not part of my life to just like jump up and down and be stomping my feet and all of those things. Colleen, we talk about this stuff all the time. I don't know if there's anything you want to add to it. I mean, you made so many beautiful, brilliant points, but I just want to hammer this home for everyone is when Kathy says money is the byproduct of how you are feeling. That is with everything. If it's money, it's a job. It's the love of your life. It's like, I don't know, the new car, the house, like whatever these desires are that you have, the power in unlocking them into your reality has nothing to do with focusing on them. Everything with Kath just said, she's so freaking excited. She's always excited around money. Think of everything in life as a relationship. Is money going to be excited to show up for you if you're all like needy for it? Like no one wants to hang out with that. Like that's not a cool energy. You need to be in your now, in your joy, in your power and learning to train yourself that that is your safety. Your safety is not in your worry. Your safety is in allowing yourself to feel so good in the moment so you can unlock access to all that creativity Kathy's talking about that will then drive you into these most expansive ways of showing up in life where then you're just a freaking match for all the stuff to find you. Yeah, and let me speak about that match thing for a second. You know, Colleen had a really successful business before we met and like really successful, like a successful in monetary terms, but also like, it was a good thing. Like she was teaching kind of what she teaches here and all that jazz. But she then had this thought of like, but I want to do X, Y, and Z different for whatever the reasons were. And those are her reasons to share, but they're actually all really expansive reasons, including moving to the States because she's Canadian. And all that came into her one day, wait a minute. If I worked for someone I loved, maybe I could go there. And I've always wanted to go there, right? Anyway, there was other things to it, but there was expansion in it, right? And when I say making money, I just want to be really clear. Like it could be like that. Like she wound up manifesting and I, we met each other and she goes, you know, it's not half bad. Like I get to do this stuff. 
you're the one, right? When you're the entrepreneur, you put in the risk, right? But you guys kind of get me. I don't really kind of think of it as a risk. It's really like fun for me, but there is like that level of when you're the owner, there's a level of like what you're up to. And she kind of gets to just show up and I've like kind of created it for her to like sit down on her throne and do all the things that she's great at. Not to say she doesn't do a ton for me because she does, but you get kind of what I'm saying is like, it can come in a million ways is what I mean. It doesn't mean that you have to be the entrepreneur, but however is your most expansive, best, yummiest fit, it is a thought away. It's in that conscious awareness that you just start to allow yourself because Colleen, I mean, that would be fascinating if we went with an fMRI through your history of like, when did you even become aware that you had this thought of maybe I would work for someone else and who would she be and what would she be like and what would I possibly be willing to do? Because I know I can do it so well on my own. And then we met and she sent me this video message when we met and I was like, how is this possible that someone can be this spectacular. And I remember you sent me this message and you didn't know me at all. We had never crossed paths. And you said, I see you. And I'm so touched by what I see. And I was like, I believe her. That's such a loving thing. And she really does. And oh my gosh. And we've just had this incredible, like Thelma and Louise, like synergistic, life-changing, life-altering, magnetic, incredible two years together. It doesn't have to look the way you think it's going to look. We've had people come through these discussions and programs with us. And they're like, one girl, she said, next thing I knew, I went to my boss and said, I had all these ideas about how the business could start a podcast. And he said, why don't you do that? And she did. And then it worked out really well. And then she got a raise and then they created a podcast studio at the place and her job became that. And she's loving her job. Like, Why do we think it needs to be, if that feels hard and not sexy and fun for whatever the reason, it gets to be exactly what you want it to be. It really does. But you have to trend enough to even give yourself the, what is it that your soul knows that you don't yet? Listen. And the only way you listen is by actually allowing that to keep fostering because you say, what would really feel good? What really would excite me? Ooh, 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 I know it's here. I know it's here. I know it's here. And you're going to be so surprised every single day, the thoughts that come into your awareness. And then you get led to this party. You get led to X, Y, and Z thing. I mean, Colleen and I met through a friend. If she hadn't had the awareness at those times to go to those particular events where she met this woman, Teresa, we wouldn't have met. So you don't know where your Harry Potter thought is coming from. It might be the thought that tells you to go with so-and-so to dinner. And because you're in that flow and you're at that dinner, somebody sitting next to you winds up introducing you to this person who becomes your collaborator or this person who becomes your employer or this person who opens the door for this opportunity. It's just whatever that is. So that's really exciting. So I want the prompt to be for you guys over the next few days, over the next week. It's like, first of all, notice what your relationship is with money. Like Colleen said, like, is money something you're excited about? Or is money something you have a relationship with that's heavy or dreadful? Because we've got to remember that money is a resource and it's just fun. It's just like more water, more rain, more oxygen. Resources are great. More Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is good. Good to have Wi-Fi, like have full bars, have lots of money. It's, it's a pleasure. How will you spend it? And that's the next question. Like, how will you spend it? And feel that excitement. How would you spend that money? What would be so fun to spend it on? 
And in terms of making that money, it's like, hmm, what is the next most delicious creative thought? What's the most delicious creative thought? And you'll start to go, hmm, I actually just thought of something and I don't know why, but I just feel compelled to reach out to so-and-so and it's leading you there. And as you feel good and as you feel excited, you'd be amazed. So anyway, that was really fun. I feel like now that we've done these three questions, we should open it up for conversation. So Colleen, do you want to read anything that's in the chat? Yeah, let me just scroll here for a second. Okay. Holly is asking, how do you handle or walk away or distance yourself when someone else is so opposite of where you are at that you feel their presence is harmful, especially if they're family members and everyone expects you to just get along, even if it's harmful to you? What do you think, Colleen? What's your first response to that? Well, my first thought is like Kathy opened this call today with saying is that contrast is always here. Okay. So it's always going to show up to some extent in our life, whether it's from a source that we are familiar with or whether it's something totally unexpected, we didn't even anticipate we were going to bump into in our day, right? So contrast is contrast is contrast. The most single important thing is how we dance with that contrast, is how we show up. And like Kathy keeps saying, it's our responsibility to respond. It's our responsibility to respond. So we have to respond in a way to that contrast that is going to allow us to maintain our alignment. Okay. Because there are moments sure where things will happen and we bump down into some lower frequency emotions. We get frustrated, disappointed, hopeless, like, yeah, but we want to be able to pull ourselves out of it without getting stuck down there. And there are important ways when things show up in our life a little bit more chronically that we want to look at how are we relating to those moments and how is it that we can almost in a way boundary, how we want to engage and show up. What I will say is that no one can actually harm us. And it sounds weird because you'd be like, no, 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 they can't. But I really want you to bring the power back into you and recognize that these opportunities are here for us to recognize that the way we feel in response to anything is ultimately a choice. Okay. Now I'm not saying you constantly choose to put yourself in certain circumstances, but I want you to know we have that power to choose that response. We have the power to choose what we are available for and to show up from that space again with that authenticity of no matter what other people are thinking. Yeah. And I mean, first of all, you know, Colleen actually happens to be a therapist, but this isn't therapy. Right. And even if it was, I just want to say like, it's very, very cool and sweet and awesome on some level that you guys ask us what we think. I mean, that's part of why we're here. We're here to hope be a guide and offer things that are helpful. I just want to also add, like, you know, in your heart, what you need, first of all, you, you do know that. And for whatever it's worth, I think what she just said is really helpful. And what I would add is usually when we want to walk away or distance ourselves from someone, it's for two reasons, either one there's something really not okay about this person. And that's really important to know. Like there are times where, no, you don't walk onto on, into oncoming traffic. That's not safe. It doesn't matter how much you want to just be with it. Like you can't do that. You know, you're not going to walk in a city at 3am in a weird place. Like, why would you do that? That's not fun. That's not smart, right? Like there are times where people are not, It's not okay. You kind of know that. 
But then there are times where we just feel like this person is like they're triggering or they're a downer or they're not like the kindest person or, you know, there's like that level. And that one's interesting because so much of how we're showing up is how they're showing up really. And I know we don't think that that's true, but you don't have to be available for it. Like you could be at the same Thanksgiving dinner and you can be in your alignment and they can be wherever they are, but they'll kind of feel what you're available for. And then even if they do their thing and they run their mouth or whatever, you kind of know that there is a part of them. That's a higher conscious part of them. And you don't have to like receive it the same way, right? Like if my six-year-old doesn't want to go to sleep and she starts kicking and screaming and saying, I hate you and daddy, you make me go to sleep. and I hate you. And I'm never sleeping. And I'm never, you know what? I don't know that she, she doesn't necessarily say stuff like that, but sometimes she does. I'm like, she's six and it's fine. Like, I'm not triggered. I'm not crying. I'm not going to even mention it later to my husband. Did you hear her? Like, obviously, right? Because I'm like, she's a six-year-old. But a lot of these people, a lot of the time, they're just like in their amygdala and they're just like in the back of their brain, just like reactive, right? And you're just like, okay, I'm not saying it doesn't feel bad or ugh, but it doesn't have to feel that bad. Like we're, we're allowing it to feel that bad instead of going, this is just this person doing this thing that they do. It's actually, what if we had a sense of humor about it? Like, this is what they do. It's hilarious. Like I say one thing, they say the opposite. They're always contrarian or they're always rude or okay. Like it's, it's just them doing their thing. You don't necessarily have to react to it because a lot of times we take this remote control, which is the remote and the control to how we feel. And we hand it to everybody and go here, you decide how I feel at dinner. You'll decide how I feel when I'm driving. That's not okay. Because you're never going to be able to protect yourself from that, right? I mean, I put myself out there in so many ways. I'm constantly meeting new people, right? They come on the podcast. Sometimes I've never met them before. We have students. We have many programs. We have hundreds of students. I would never be able to protect myself fully from making sure that no one ever comes in my space with an attitude or resistance. And I just don't worry about it. I'm not running away from it. I'm not trying to distance myself from it. But like I said, there are times where somebody is so not okay. And it's so toxic that it would actually be weird for me to keep inviting them to dinner. And you kind of know the difference, but then there are people where you're just like, wow, what if I set this down and I just shine a light of compassion and kind of don't respond so much and move on? Like then I get to have my cake and eat it too. Well, I hope that you got some value from this. Here are the takeaways. Number one, when you're living authentically and you're grateful, you don't have to protect your energy. You project this energy that you were just a vibration of love. It's an incredible place to manifest from. Number two, your job is to trust and receive. The rest is up to God. Number three, anything that we are experiencing is a reflection of what we are willing to allow into our life. Number four, when you're not in lack and busyness, you can access your creativity. You become a gift to yourself and the world. Number five, the contrast is always here. So your responsibility is in your response. You should be looking all day long for a higher, better, elevated vibration. Number six, you need to be in your now, in your joy, in your power. Your safety is in allowing yourself to feel so good in the moment that you can unlock access to all that creativity and expansion. Then you're just a freaking match for all the stuff to find you. 
And number seven, it gets to be exactly what you want it to be, but you have to listen to your soul and keep asking, what would really feel good? What would really excite me? Because I know that it's here. You're going to be so surprised every single day by the thoughts that come into your awareness. And then you get led to this amazing party. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being with me as I've continued to grow and evolve and pivot and just find my truth. I just so appreciate you so much. And uh, we have so many good episodes that are coming up. I know that I say that, but we do. We just have this ongoing conversation that I think is so fueling for all of us. And I don't want you to miss anything. So make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. And if you love what we do, and if you appreciate the show, then leave us a review because it helps so very much. And also you can share the show with someone. If you text the link to someone or you post it on your Instagram, it, it it's just becoming like this movement. And it's so incredible to see people waking up from suffering and finding a way to design their life and to feel like they're in the driver's seat and they have some say in what is going to come into their reality. And finally, there are three spots left for the retreat in Florida. That's June 25th through the 27th. You can sign up at kathyheller.com slash retreat. And if you want to join us for a separate virtual retreat, which is actually included in the price of the in-person retreat, but if you want to just come to the virtual retreat, you can go to kathyheller.com slash code. The retreat is all about the manifestation codes. And if you go to kathyheller.com slash code, you can sign up and join us for the virtual retreat. I love you so much. And now we have such a treat. Rachel has allowed us to play you her new single, Girl. I hope you enjoy. Hope you always know your worth, though I know that life can hurt. Hope you know that you can turn to each other. Hope you learn to trust your voice, make mistakes and make some noise. Hope you never lose your joy or your hunger. Girls, you were born to run, to reach the stars and chase the sun. Girls, you were wild and free. The wind Sometimes life can feel unfair Broken hearts you can't repair Sometimes you might be scared That no one gets you It's not easy being brave When tears are falling down your face But that's how you'll find your strength So I'll let you Girls, you were born to run stars and chase the sun Girls, you are wild and free The wind is at your back, the world is at your feet Someday friends might turn their backs Falling leaves might hide your path You'll try hard, might come in last Yeah, but just around the corner be fearless, you'll be brave, there'll be nothing you can't face. Hope you always know your worth, though I know that life can hurt. Hope you know that
that you can turn to each other. Hope the road ahead is clear, and I hope you know when I'm not here that you'll always have the love of your mother.